Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. On a very serious note, yesterday we spoke to Nicola Dwyer from Ballyfermot. Uh, at length about the amount and the startling revelation that so many young women had taken their own lives in Ballyfermot. Uh, I know that just sounds like a bizarre headline in the paper, but it was quite bizarre that in a very short period of time, in a matter of a few weeks actually, uh, that eight women had taken their own lives in one particular area. Now normally when we think, think of suicide, uh, primarily we think of men because it's the majority of suicides are usually male, usually young men for some reason because they feel a huge amount of responsibility. Uh, we've talked about that in the past as well, but it seems there's a growing number of young women now taking their lives. And the reason that Nicola pointed out was they believe, I suppose, they have to compete with social media and they compete with their friends and have the life that they have and sometimes don't think they can have that life. And also, it also becomes quite contagious. And there is theories around this that when people hear about others taking their own lives, that they in turn, if they're in a rut or they feel they, they can't get out of something, they feel it's an option because they hear of other people doing it. And that's why sometimes you'll hear of quite a lot of number of people in one area doing it in and around the same time. Well, at the time we did give out, of course, numbers for the usual, Piedra House and Samaritans, if people wanted to reach out and talk to somebody. Uh, we got numerous emails in relation to somebody else said, by the way, sent us an email about uh, the amount of women in Limerick who had taken their own lives. And also Trish just called us at the end of the show yesterday and wanted to share her story with us as well um, and Trish Mooney uh, joins me on the line and Trish's son Garrett took his own life uh, nine years ago at 21 years of age and I'm very sorry and my condolences to you Trish it must have been really a difficult time for you and I know it's difficult to you probably to even speak about it yeah it was a difficult time without a doubt mm-hmm. um, our son uh, had suffered with depression for many years Um he also had other issues in his life. Uh, he had attention deficit disorder and different things, but there was just no services there for him. When, right? Okay, well, let, let's go back to the start. When did it all start for for Gareth? And I mean, what sort of kid was he? I mean, you mentioned he had attention deficit disorder. I mean, how did that yeah. manifest itself? I mean, what sort of a, you know, growing up, was he always a little bit, I suppose, yeah. you know, a little yeah. down in himself? Off the wall. Oh, off but the wall, okay. Bit, he was a little bit off the wall and he, you know... He he struggled with frustration of things, you know. Um, How was he socially? Did he interact with other other boys and girls of his age? He did interact, yes. Socially, yeah. he interacted. Uh, but when he wasn't in the social scene, when he was out of the social circle, he was a totally different person. He isolated himself. He isolated, he put he put his outdoor face on right okay. for many years, mm-hmm. you know. And people all only ever saw the outside face. Uh, he would have been quite aggressive at times, you know, um, and that, and people saw that. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of the times over the years, myself, and my husband were told he needs a good slap. Right. Okay. He so did, did he become socially excluded then? I mean, were people kind of uh, no, well, no, no, okay, he didn't right. become, no, no. When he was out with his friends, he was a life and soul, and okay. you know, the best friend. A lot of his friends to this day still keep in contact with us and you know there's one particular person of his friend uh, one particular female that he palled with was just a friend right mm. and she to this day says every day she misses him because he was always there when she needed him right okay right you know like so so underneath it all and underneath all that kind of hyperactivity there was a really yes. good emotional sensitive person in there yeah oh yeah, yeah he was yeah yeah he had a kind heart yeah. he was very kind but he just went into depression 
And, and when did you? What age? Worked. What age was that when you noticed that first? Was he kind of mid-teens, or which would be kind of standard, I suppose, teens around fifteen or sixteen to start to oh, worry no, about things? Oh no, he was much earlier. Okay. No, he was much earlier than that. He was eight years of age when we were told that he was suffering with depression. Right. Gosh, that's very young, isn't it, to be suffering from yeah. depression? You'd, yeah. won- you'd wonder what an eight-year-old would be worrying about. You know what I mean? Well, he had, you know, he had a few physical issues with his body, and at that mm. stage, he was trying to deal with them and that. Right. Okay. But, like he was a normal, you know, teenager. He had a girlfriend, you know. He went on. He had a child. Like you know, he was, you know, he did the usual, you know, a couple of points here and there, and you know, too many points some Saturday nights. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, you're a, your you're a typical nineteen, twenty year old. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like there was times when you wanted to strangle him, but there was times when you were so broken hearted for him that it broke your heart. So you reached out, obviously, to try and get some sort of professional help for him. Yeah, um, and did. I know that's difficult in this country, at the best of times. We, we reached out to... There was no professional organisation that I didn't reach out to. So you, you got on to be at a house, I'm assuming, Jigsaw, a few other ones? Everything. Uh, well, Jigsaw wasn't around. Okay. Uh, we went, we did Pieta House, we did... Cams. Um, we did all the social, uh, psych, local psychiatric hospitals. And um, did you get appointments? Did you manage to get to see all these well, people? Eventually, you don't you you ring up in January and you get an appointment for May June if you're lucky. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's not much better now. And that's the argument that I still think this government need to cop onto. You know, and do you th- do you think earlier intervention in Garrett's case yes. might have helped? Yes, without a doubt. Mm. Garrett had two two appointments that myself, my husband would say, sort of tilted the balance of him deciding to take his life, right? Okay. Okay. Uh, one, he was with the GP, and the GP said he's very down. She was very concerned about him. She referred him to the local psychiatric hospital. Was, he, was to, he on medication? Did they prescribe medication yes, for him? Yes, he was on medication. He okay. was on medication. We went up to the local psychiatric hospital with him, with the doctor's letter, and we were basically told, well, really, you know, there is nothing we can do. You know, he isn't suicidal or anything like that. Right. We said, well, like, you know, he has attempted it before. Right? Well, well, had he been self-harming? Yeah, he had. Yes, okay. he had been self-harming. Right. Then they told us, well, as a gesture of goodwill, right. because they could see we were at the end of our tether. Yeah. Right. As a gesture of goodwill. They would take him for the weekend, so myself and my husband could go out, maybe have a meal or a, a meal or a few drinks to give us a break. It's a gesture of goodwill. Okay. Right now, we didn't want to go for a meal or a few drinks. No, we no. wanted our son. You, you just and, wanted the best for your son, of course, and and I, nobody knows their child better than the parents, particularly his mum. And I'm going to say that sounds sexist, but particularly no, his mother. No, it's not sexist. It yeah. is. It is true. Now, so he was admitted for the weekend, right? Now, we hoped when he was admitted for the weekend that they would keep him on the Monday. Right? Yeah. But no, 8 o'clock on Monday morning, we got the phone call. Can you come and collect him? Unless you can pay privately, come and collect him. We weren't in a financial position to pay privately for him to be kept in a psychiatric unit. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So for that reason, he was sent home. Uh, We done everything. There's nothing we didn't do. We we moved, uh, we rented a house in a different part of the country. Everything to try and see without help from. 
everything. So we were renting one house and paying him over each other. And what age was he at this stage when he was in the psychiatric unit? He was uh, 20. Okay. 20. And that was grand. Eventually, after searching and searching and searching, I was told that this top psychiatrist who was supposed to be out of this world, right? Yeah. So I made an appointment for this man. Um, Travelled to the other end of the country to see this man. We sat for 15, maybe 20 minutes with this man who basically done a family tree and we felt as parents and my son felt that this man totally belittled him the way he spoke to him. Right? So you, you, felt, it, you felt after that visit it made matters worse for him? You think it definitely made matters worse? Definitely it did. Definitely it did. Do you believe the damage maybe his self-confidence or his, yeah. his value for himself? Well, I'll tell you what happened after that visit. Four hours later we found our son hanging from the clothesline. Oh my... And that gentleman told us our son was just spoiled. He had no intention of taking his life. He wrote him off as an attention seeker, essentially. Yes, he wrote him off as an attention seeker. And four hours he later, four hours later he, he found him dead. Four hours later, we found him dead. And did in in that four hour period, had you talked to him at all? Did you did you speak yeah. to him? And and yeah. and how? What did he say to you? How was he feeling in that four hour period? Oh, he was, he was very angry. Very, very angry, very annoyed, you know. And he hated long car journeys. He hated them with a vengeance, right? And he had done a two and three hour, two and a half, three hour journey there yeah. and back, right? So he was very agitated, right? And I told you it was a waste of time, told you it was a waste of money. Like, you know, and I said, the money doesn't matter. Like, he was very conscious that it was... Well, no, no, and when you have the money for your own child, you'd spend every penny you have to make sure things are right, and nobody cares. That's exactly what we did, yeah. But... And did you get any, did you get an inclination in that journey home, that car journey home, that maybe this is, we're at a a critical point here? No, no. Nothing, nothing. On the way home the car, we were listening to Joe Duffy. It was very funny. We were listening to Joe Duffy, and... Joe Duffy was explaining, it was all about um, how a carer can get free into concerts in the, what was the O2 back then. And he joked about it and he was saying, look, if someone could be my carer, would I get free tickets to concerts? Well, okay, so, so yeah, so he he was being a bit lighthearted as well, so it didn't concern you too much that he was a little bit angry about his visit to the psychologist. it didn't concern me at all. Okay, and and, and, and what happened? So you got to the house, obviously, left him we off got there. To the house. Yeah. We left. Yeah, we went back home. I had to go and collect my grandson, and uh, when I left, he got into a bit of a state, and he had an argument with his father. Right. Okay. And nothing major, like just that. Yeah, just an like, argument. Yeah, father just son. A stupid argument. Happen. Well, do you know what it was? Right. He didn't want to travel another two hours back to the rented house. Right. He wanted to stay in our home in Bray. Okay. The, the journey had been too much for him. And we were saying, no, we have to go back tonight. You know, right? Yeah. Uh, that's what it was about. It was a simple argument, right? Realise now, he needed to get us out of the house because he knew he was going to do this. And by arguing with us, he knew we'd go for a So obviously your husband went, went out of the house rather than continuing out. arguing, went out of the yeah. house and left him there. And left him there. And did you talk? Did you get to talk to him on the phone? Anything in between that period of yes, time? Yeah, we got to talk to him on the phone. He rang us and told us that he was going to kill himself. Oh God! 
but by we and, and what, we, what your reaction to that obviously was trying to get back to the house as quick as possible yeah my reaction was trying to go back to the house but my 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 first instinct was I'm so stupid you're not going to do that like yeah you know, of course yeah, yeah. because he, I'm assuming he had said this to you before probably had he yes or? he had said it to us before okay. right the only difference was this time he said he was going to hang himself and he had never used that term before so that, that the penny dropped with you that this time he actually might be serious. The penny dropped this time is serious. Right? So, so sadly you got back to the house and there he was. There he was. I'm really sorry to hear that, Trish, and it's something a mother no. or a father should never have to see or anybody should ever have that no. experience. Yeah, and the saddest part is, right, it's happening as we're speaking. There's oh, somebody somewhere doing it. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And the reason is, right, because... There's nothing out there for them, especially the younger generation, right? Okay? There is nothing for them. That woman yesterday, I thought she was amazing the way she spoke about that organisation now to try mm. and help them, right? right? But the schools won't let you in to talk because they're afraid you give them ideas. You know? Right? I think um, the cop between a rock and a hard place, and Gary put it very well yesterday when he was on, Gary Cunningham, and yes. he does go around to the schools talking to young people, and not yes. particularly just about suicide, but he, he was talking about the fact that a 12-year-old had come to him last year and told yes. him that she, she had attempted to commit suicide. Yes. And he said, when he yes. was 12, we didn't know what the word meant. And no. so there, there is an argument there, but by talking to them a bit, at a very young age about something like that, it can put an idea in their head. There's also that argument. Yeah. Yes, I totally agree with that. It has to be done in a very sensitive way, and it has to be... I mean, look how common it is now, Trish, compared to how it well, was, say, 20, seven. 30 years ago. I mean, when you were a kid, Trish, I don't know how old you are, I'm 56, right? But well, save it yourself. Yeah, I don't, I don't ever remember hearing of any teenager no, taking their own lives. I don't remember ever. I never heard of a suicide. I heard one, like, there was one man on our road and I remember everyone was talking and they all said it was an accident because of course in those yeah. days it wasn't something that people, but it, that's was, exactly it was a kind it. of shameful thing in those days, right? It was and like but, my whole thing is, right, My I know and my husband knows and my daughter and right, everyone that knows us knows that my son died by a suicide, right? Yeah. But his death is not recorded as a suicide. And what, so, is, what is his death? What's a death by misadventure? No death, hanging. Okay. Yeah. My son's death is um, down on his death cert, cause of death, hanging. But it doesn't use the word suicide? No. And I had fought and fought and fought to get the word suicide on it. I couldn't get the word suicide on it, but what I did fight and eventually get is... Now in Ireland, you can now get a short death cert where mm-hmm. cause of death is omitted from it. Because and why, why was it important for you to have that on his death cert? Because um, the sadistics, well, but for starters, I didn't want to hang on his death cert because he had a child who had to produce his death cert when she needs a passport and for different things, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? That was that. The other thing was, he didn't die by a hanging. He died by suicide, mm-hmm. right? And the statistics at the moment in the country are wrong. Because they're only because taking those who are on their death certs as suicide. Whereas yeah. your son was suicide, but they've put down right. hanging. Yeah, yeah. And like, you if, you, if somebody dies by suicide by taking an overdose of paracetamol or whatever medication, right, okay? Mm-hmm. Depending on the coroner, right, that goes down as an overdose. It doesn't go down as a suicide. Okay, I wasn't aware of that. 
So, right? so what you're saying is statistics, the statistics are, are not accurate. Are all wrong. Like, if somebody shoots himself, right, depending on the coroner, he can say cause of death, shooting, or Fatal shooting. cause of death, yeah. yeah, suicide. And some may go down as death by misadventure as well. Yeah. I've seen, so I've heard of that all, too. Yeah, I've heard, yeah, right? So realistically, right, when they say, and these are just, I'm going to use numbers here, right? Very hypothetical numbers. When they say we've had 500 suicides, right? We haven't. That's 500 recorded suicides. Yes. We've had maybe 1,000 suicides. And why do you think young people particularly, and let's focus on the young people, I think we all know why maybe older people are taking their lives. There's a lot of financial responsibility, particularly in the last 10 years since the crash. Um, that is, and that's probably for the increase in men taking their lives as well. Yeah. But why? Why do you think young people are doing it? Why is it because they see other people or they hear of other, and they they believe it's an option for them? Which, by the way, can we point out it's not? But they believe no. it's an option. I, There's is it? seven children. I use the word children, right? Okay. Yeah. That started secondary school with my son. There's seven out of his year in the one school have died by suicide. Okay? Mm-hmm. I personally believe there is so much social pressure on the young people today. And where is that coming from? Is it coming from social media? I do think social media has a huge part to play in it. Would Gareth have been on social media quite a lot as well? No. Okay. No, was he ever, was he ever bullied? Yes. Okay. Right? But... I, social media wasn't really big nine years ago. Nine years ago. It wouldn't be as big as it is now, anyway, certainly, no. Right, okay. I mean, every single child in the country has a phone. They're glued to it. Right, they're glued to it. And that is from the age of three years of age up, they're glued to it. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I've seen seen little kids with iPads, yeah. The teenagers don't talk, right? They don't know how to have an argument, right? Because... When you and I were teenagers, Niall, right? You fought with your best friend, and two or whoever it was. And the next morning you were talking to him again. Yeah. Yeah. The next morning you were talking to him because you had no choice. Right? Right? And that was it. Right? Or you went out and you said, you shouldn't have said that about me. And I, you know, right? Do you know, do you know what a lot kid. of it is too? And, and I don't want to be offensive to people because I know people out there have all different sorts of problems, right? I, I think we're treating children, we're wrapping them up in cotton wool nowadays too. I think we're afraid to offend them. We're afraid to upset them. It was all right to upset kids in my day. You know, it was all... I mean, don't get me wrong. Some kids were called specky. Some kids were called fat. Some kids were called baldy. uh, Whatever. And and we taught the kids how to deal with that rather than saying people shouldn't do that. Now, people are going to do that whether we like it or not. They're going to call people names. They're going to bully them. They're going to say things on social media about them. So there's nothing we can do. But what we need to be teaching kids is not to let that bother you rather than having a go with the people who are doing it who are going to do it anyway. And you see, the problem is, right, if you have been offended by somebody or you're offending somebody, whichever it is, right, if you're doing a sitting in a kitchen on your phone, yeah. right, right, you'll say anything, right? You know, like the things that you say in the heat of the moment of course. are the things you can't take back, right? We have to be right? able to argue. Right? Yeah. But if you're standing front in front of somebody, you're more aware of what you're saying. Mm-hmm. No, I would agree with you completely. Right? And that is the problem. Okay, so the, prob- the problem you believe today. is this kind of anonymous world that we live in. It yes. is. Yes, yes. It is an anonymous world. And 
And, and also, we, we spoke yesterday, I suppose, in depth about the, the idea, particularly for young girls, uh, and it is affecting young boys too, the body image, which is looking at every other 16 or 17-year-old online who looks perfect um, yeah. on that particular picture. Now, they might be perfect 10 minutes later or, or the morning before, but they look perfect yeah. in that picture, perfect makeup, perfect clothes, they look wonderful, yeah. they're nice and slim and trim, and everybody wants to be like that. Yeah. You know, and that and is having a huge effect. there to be like that. Yeah. There's pressure to be that. I see it myself, you know. Um, There's pressure to be popular. It is. It's pressure to be popular and to have what everybody else has. Where when we were growing up, we had nothing. But everyone we palled around with had nothing also. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, Damo, Damo points out in a text here now that suicide was illegal. Uh, now, suicide was illegal, sure, a few years ago, so no insurance claims would ever pay out. Well, they do pay out now, I know that. Uh, but yes. I, I, th- I remember when my own brother died, he, he drowned. Uh, my mother had to fight to keep the word suicide off his death cert. Now, he didn't take his own life. It was an accident. He actually fell off yes. into a canal. But the, the, the coroner was trying to put the word suicide and we had to keep it off because they wouldn't have paid out in his insurance. If, if, yes. so, so a lot of people tried to keep the word off it many, yes. many years ago. Yeah, where now, and the one, the one word that really riled me is when I heard, I hear people say they commit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that makes it sound like, that, that sounds like an act. Yes, a, a yeah. criminal act, yes. It's, yeah, it's not a criminal act, right? It's somebody who has got to the stage where they have the blinkers on and they can see no light at the end of that tunnel. It was described to us by somebody, right, that... Everybody at some stage in their life goes into a dark tunnel, right? Mm. But you can see the little holes of light and there's a way out for you, right? But for somebody coming to the in that is reaching a suicide stage, they're in that tunnel and they cannot see those lights. And unfortunately, you know, when young people decide that, well, they've, they've heard of somebody else doing this and they do as they yeah. decide to take their lives, that they see this as a, you know, a solution to a short-term yeah. problem. And unfortunately, it's not a solution, being left of behind with a, after a suicide, mm-hmm. there isn't any services for that family either. There's very few services. It mu- it, well, it must have been devastating for you and your husband and your family it at was the devastating. time. Yeah. And I, I th- one of the hardest parts for, 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 for us was trying to protect one another. Mm-hmm. Right? My daughter says the hardest part for her was being left an only child. Right? Because it was only her and her brother. Right? Mm-hmm. Also to... Um, you have your suicide, you have your funeral, then you have an inquest, right, mm-hmm. where you listen, where you sit, you know, we were sitting on cold chairs in a hotel room with 10 other families, right, listening to how, you know, the contents of your loved one's stomach, the size of their organs, you know, being read out, you know. It's, I don't believe that's necessary really, is it? It wasn't necessary at no, all. No. It wasn't necessary at all. And then, that's it. You get your proper death cert then, right? And then, you'll get a phone call from whichever hospital your loved one was taken to to say, their organs are ready to be collected. What do you want to do? Oh, my. Right? And you then have to go through another burial of the organs, whether you cremate them or whether you put them into the grave or whatever. Oh. But you have that again. You know? That's horrendous, Trish. I didn't actually know that. Yeah. Now, that for me was the hardest part because we 
I mean, you're, you're going through a grieving process as it is. And, you're, yeah. and, you know, you're starting to get somewhere again in your life. You're starting to, I'm not saying put it out of your mind because it never no, goes no, out of your you mind. No, no, you don't. You just learn to but live you, with it. You, you start to learn to live with it. And then all of a sudden you're getting these calls and coroners and hospitals ringing you. And, yeah. So how, yeah. how are you supposed to move on from all that? Yeah. No, you don't move on. The day of my birthday, my first birthday after my son died, right? Um, a very fancy car pulled up. The Mercedes pulled up outside my house. And my sister was there and she said, oh, my God, here's someone coming in, right? And I said, oh, God, who is it? I didn't want visitors, right? And it was actually the funeral director, right? Where he had collected my son's ashes. Right. You know, like, I will never set foot inside a crematorium again because we walked into a crematorium with a box. And I always refer to it as the size of a box of military chocolates. Mm. Right? Yeah. You know, so when someone dies by suicide, this is the things that the family have to deal with, right? But they also have to deal with the questions of why did we not ring Mr. Smith? Why did we not ring Mr. I, Smith I know, over well, there? Well, with any death, there's always, everybody, there's a guilt. Everybody feels guilty. I, yeah. I know my own brother died. You know, why didn't I go and collect him that night from the party he was at? You know, why didn't he contact me? Well, I mean, no mobile phones in those days, but why didn't I contact yeah. I was only working up the road. I could have picked him up on the way home. Why wasn't I there? And my mother then started blaming herself for waking him up that evening to go to the party. And it was low. Yeah. Everybody blames themselves. I mean, that's always yeah. what happens. Well, look, Trish, it, you know, it's, I have to say, it's enlightening to listen to you because I didn't know a lot of the stuff that you told me there today. Yeah. And Well, it's just for anyone out there, there is a short death cert now available you know, where you don't have the cause of death should they need it for whatever reason. Yeah. You know? Well, you want it for more sensitive situations, yes. It's more sensitive situations. But the, the statistics for suicide in this country are nowhere near what they are, which gives... You the, reckon they're probably double what they're claiming? Without a doubt. Without yeah. a doubt. Well, judging by what you're telling me, I'm, you're probably right. Where if, this, if every... If my son's death had to be recorded as a suicide, Right. That was one more on the list. Maybe that one extra number will be the number that the government need to say, well, we reached our quota, now we have to do something. Well, hopefully they will do something. And, and it, it, look, it's good advice. I, I know, I, I mean, look, we as a radio station have to give out, obviously, and I, and I don't mind giving out the two numbers for Pieta House and for the Samaritans so that people want to contact them. But there are other places you can, can, can contact. But from your experience, Trish, uh, you believe yes. the system failed you and the support services failed you and your son. Yes, without a doubt. All right. Without well, a doubt. Well, listen, Trish, listen, thank, thanks you, very much, thank you very much for sharing the story with us. I appreciate right. it. All right. Thank you. Uh, and I, as usual, I will give you the two numbers for Pieta House, one 247 247 the Samarathans if you need to talk to somebody at double one six one two three. And as Trish rightly pointed out, there are other services there, the Malacar, Mrs. Jigsaw for young people as well. Uh, there's loads of other services out there. Uh, but in saying that, it is difficult to get appointments. Uh, they're not always the best because, well, I suppose the government are not funding enough of it and the government need to do more. Absolutely, when it comes to young people, because according to Trish, if there had been more intervention and she had been looked after a bit better by the state and Gareth had been looked after, he might be here today and I could have been talking to him and not Trish. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits.